Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Brandon Vogel has joined us and is threatening to leave us. If we don't. <laughs> he is not. Get to business. Uh, Counter Reed with Brandon Vogel, counterreed.com. Vogues, we, we opened up and uh, in, in Mr. Hand form, Aloha this morning. And uh, we, uh, we start off with the Polynesian Bowl. We'll get some thoughts on, on Glenn Thomas from you as well, but. What'd you think, man? Uh, Cranach, I know you have a take, too. And, Elijah, you and I kind of opened up with what we thought about the Polynesian Bowl. Not to overreact, but Nebraska fans pretty excited this morning. <clears throat> yeah, I, I was only able to to make it through the first half of that game. so And, and honestly, it kind of felt like, oh, this is an all-star game. This one might be over. But uh, during that time, I think I saw what I kind of expected to see coming in which I, I wasn't going in trying to read too much into anything, of course. Um, but just watching Ryola throw the football, it, it looks different than than most high school guys that you see. It, it, it looks like what you, I think, expect a, a five-star to look like. I mean, it's just kind of kind of effortless in, in those, those first couple of drives he had, I think. You know, and they weren't throwing the ball all over the yard, um, minus the completion to Nelson. But, like, all of those passes were on the money. Um, you had the interception late in the first half, which seemed like maybe just a, a miscommunication. But it's just he, he looked calm and cool. And, and granted, it's it's a pretty laid-back atmosphere, um, not be, just because it's in Hawaii, but also because it's an all-star game in Hawaii. Um, so I think I think that was that was kind of it. Nothing nothing big, just uh, like, yeah, that, that's how I expected it to look with, with a guy of that caliber throwing the football. And he had told on uh, Mike Zimmer had told on three earlier earlier in the week that uh, Dylan knew all the plays, like every, every single play, what every single position was supposed to do, and was the commander of that side of the ball too for an All Star game. Like let's keep that in mind too, right? Like I think that it's a little bit of an insight on his uh, his personality, which doesn't sound too far away from from his dad Dom's. Uh, besides besides Riola and his ability to throw the football his ability to stand in there, his willingness to stand in there and throw it. Um, how about Carter Nelson? And, and you think about Carter and, look, eight-man football player. has never played 11-man. Um, think about the competition level. That stark of a jump that he just experienced is probably the equivalent of almost like college to NFL, right? I mean, he's going from eight-man Nebraska to the best players in, in high school football, 11-man. How do you think he acquitted himself? 
completely looked like he belonged. And in fact, you know, and it's, it's different for any other position than, than quarterback because you are asked, or maybe you're not asked in a, um, in a all-star setting, but Dylan did it anyway to kind of take command and, and be the ringleader anywhere else. You kind of just get to go play <laughs> and, and Carter Nelson more than looked like he belonged. Um, when you think about that jump from, like you said, Nebraska eight man football to all of a sudden there's, there's a ton of five stars here. And I mean, he was, he was rated highly as well, but it's one of those things that you never, you never know until, until you see it. And, he's he's long he's, he's uber athletic like you just look at him and say any team in the country would kind of be and I, I don't mean this is hyperbole he just he just looks the part like you look at that guy and you're like we could do a lot of things with a player like that at that size with that athleticism well that was funny anybody that's uh not watching the stream for some reason we Everybody drank in the same box time. Here was one, all... two, one, two, three, drink. One, two, three, drink. Yeah. There was like a moment of silence right. while everybody just hydrated. Well, for a moment good. of silence on that, that commentary, man, on, on Carter Nelson. I loved it. Pretty, Pour pretty some good. on the curb for Brandon's commentary. Yes. I, but no, I, that means it's dead. It was actually good. No, no. Yeah. It was good. But... It's, uh, it's uh, Brandon Vogel with us here on a Saturday morning edition. I'll jump Thanks. in here. It was my turn, so I do apologize for being <clears> thirsty. <throat> Um, yeah. Brandon, whenever you, you evaluate that game last night, what's your take with Dylan being the presumptive starter coming into this spring and coming into the fall? Did you see a quarterback that looked ready for that moment? Do you think that that was a game where you are even able to gauge that with, as you said, kind of being a, a high school all-star game, almost a Pro Bowl of sorts? What did you see in terms of the the side of... Dylan Ryle is going to be your starter next year. Did, did you see anything that, that would lead you to believe anything one way or the other in terms of what he can do next season? Or, or is last night not a good representation of what he can be as a Division One quarterback? I, I think I saw a player who has the physical tools to do that. And that's kind of all I went in there expecting to, to garner. Um, it, he's, he's not a player, obviously, who like, well, you're going to have to clean up that throwing motion a little bit before you're you're ready to play Big Ten games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then all the other stuff, like are you just ready for kind of the mental grind of, of a college football season? Are you ready to to lead a team even as a as an 18-year-old true freshman? All of those things, like we won't know, know until we get there. But, I mean, Nebraska – with the way their quarterback room is situated now, and and I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody, but like they basically need him to be the starter, right? And they need him to be almost as good as advertised. I think for a team that's pretty well positioned to, I think, take a step forward, maybe more than a step forward in in twenty twenty four. Based on what we what we have now, like they, they've got a lot riding on 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 Dylan Raiola and. Or progression from Harburg, and, and you know, Kalen's also coming in as a true freshman. But everything we're talking about with Raiola also applies there. So it's um, it's it's an interesting situation. It's going to be an interesting spring from that r- regard because I think we'll learn a little bit about where that QB QB room sits and what Nebraska might need to do going forward. Let's tie this to the higher than Brandon Brandon Vogel counter read with this. Uh, counterread.com Glenn Thomas gets hired it's uh, broken by our dear friend Mitch Sherman 
And uh, then Nebraska, of course, puts their statement out. Was that Wednesday or Thursday? Might have been Wednesday. I don't know. This week's a blur. But point is this. It's not just quarterbacks coach, but it's co-offensive coordinator. I know Dylan had made some comments this week about uh, just kind of paraphrasing it, you know, the excitement to, to all work together and do some big things. That's the synopsis. But, you know, Thomas has a nice blend, doesn't he, of, of NFL and college and not only landing in college, but really starting from scratch in college where there's a couple of quarterbacks that have seen the NFL, but it's not like they were household names. Those guys developed into Sunday guys that, that got shots and, and went and performed and, and found a way to make a living in the NFL as a quarterback, as a spot starter, or as a backup. And then the, the, the variations of offenses. I mean, this this looks pretty good for Nebraska uh, on top of the familiarity that there is with Rule, with Satterfield, and with Thomas. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to argue, I think, with kind of the results that they've put together in the past. Um, we know how Rule wants to build his teams. We know how he built Temple and Baylor and how he said he's going to be. It's going to be at Nebraska. It's going to be defense first. This is not going to be a team that – gives up 32 points a game, but scores 42 consistently. The only two times a, a rule offense has averaged 30 plus points is when Thomas was in the fold and his first season with them um, it, at Temple in 2015, I think he was co-OC with Satterfield that year too. They were at 29.8. So it's, <clears throat> you know, and there's, there's a ton to dig into there of like what they did and, and what kind of offense they actually ran. Um, and, and go back through some of those things with, with more time. But in, in terms of the pure points perspective, like <laughs> Thomas helped get him there. And, and Satterfield was part of, part of those staffs, except for the 2016 one. Um, so there's, there's, there's a good history here of, of those three pieces fitting together pretty well. Um, I think you needed, and then, and then when you talk about the quarterback coaching piece of it, um, you're obviously bringing in um, a player who you presume has NFL potential as, as a five-star. You do that for, for 85-star, and you bring in a coach who, who's got some pretty good NFL experience. And, you know, the other thing, the interesting thing about Taylor is, like, I, I haven't been able to find any record of him playing at Texas Tech, which is a rarity. You, it's, you don't see coaches that, that didn't play college football a whole lot, um, though Mike Beach hmm. famously, famously didn't. Um, so that's interesting. He was under under the pirate for a while, but wasn't Thomas kind of a wishbone quarterback at East Texas or Easter or some what was the the the, the town? Eastland, East I think Eastland. Thank you. But uh, uh, yeah, so he's <laughs> wishbone to air raid to pro style to to spread him out uh, pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's and, pretty, and he went straight straight from D two to the NFL. Too. Which doesn't happen <laughs> that often, does it? Yeah, obviously. Now, in the in the modern NIL era, and in the modern, you know, get a five star. Who knows how much uh, Dylan's getting paid? Anybody know? Like what, one point seven two, something like that? I, who knows? I think uh, the windows got to be the yeah. market is what rule said of this presser, probably between one and two. So, so we're probably looking at a situation where the 
heralded quarterback makes more than the quarterback coach in college, and the kid is like 18. Does he, does Rayola, does Rayola, sorry, does he get like veto rights on <laughs> which coaches get hired in any way? Like, do we know that? Or, or is it just like rules like I'm hiring this guy and that's just what's up? Or is he like consulting with Dom and Dylan and being like, hey, thinking about this guy, what do you think? Like LeBron James? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious though. Like, really think about that. I mean, I think. I think there's got to be some trust, right? All right, I'm going to go play for this guy. I trust that he's going to hire the right guy. I mean, who knows, though? I mean, I'm just saying. You know, it, it, it's a different world, right, Vogues? So who knows? It, it is. Um, I imagine, you know, there's, I mean, given the history, like, I think uh, this is the guy that Matt Rule is going to get, um, no matter what the quarterback room shook out as. But. Given that Raiola was already in the fold at that point, I think you you probably get <laughs> for a player of that stature from the family that he's from, you probably get a courtesy call of like, hey, here's where we're going. Uh, and I mean, courtesy call metaphorically. I'm guessing these conversations happened <laughs> while Dylan was was in Lincoln um, yeah. before he officially flipped, uh, saying, here's here's where I'm going and here's why. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, even that seems a little bit strange—a a head head coach having to pitch it a little bit. But right, this is uh, this is the way things work now. Hmm. Hmm. Brandon Vogel is with us on uh, on the Hale Varsity Weekend Edition as we talk Polynesian Bowl, and then we get set for Nebraska Northwestern today. Tip off at around one. Is it one one fifteen today? One fifteen. BT. One fifteen. Danny knee day, time. baby. Danny knee, baby. Danny knees making making his day his way back. It's a reunion weekend for former players. Uh, Nebraska might be the only team in America that has two cookies in the house. That'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, so, Boo Booey is is making his return. The guy's played for like seven years. How how do we feel about where Nebraska is? <sighs> Look on on the road. They're one team. On at home, they're another. As you kind of scan the college basketball field, they feel like a true bubble team, but leaning towards out if they don't turn it around. Is that sort of how you see it? Yeah. On, on Thursday's show, I, was, I essentially said, I think, pretty close to the same thing to Chris and Elijah in that mm-hmm. you got a team that, you know, is great at home when you've got those things in your favor, a crowd, uh, just the home court and you're not on the road, um, you're a bubble team. Like, that's that's kind of what you are uh, because the, the consistency just just isn't there. Um, right now, I think with a win over a number, the number one team in the country and, and where Nebraska's net rating is, uh, Ken Palm, those sorts of things. Like, I think Ken Palm, they're 55th when I looked towards the end of this past this past week. That's bubble. <laughs> that's that's bubble. Um, so they need to they need to do some things. Uh, th- this Northwestern team is actually is is ranked ahead of Nebraska in, in Ken Palm. Um, be a tough be a tough tough out. Um, so they've got to go got to go and win a game. And uh, you know it's uh, I think <laughs> as a Nebraska basketball fan observer or whatever, like your hand always kind of just hovers over the panic button. Um, it, it never really leaves the vicinity. You don't want to lose three straight. 
um, because then you're you're full on in, and maybe maybe Nebraska's already there because uh, th- that Rutgers Rutgers loss was, loss was a tough one, but you don't want to be in a spot where it's like, well, that was a nice start. Now we're back to Pruitt mode because Nebraska kind of permanently exists in Pruitt mode. That's a good take. And, and Brandon, I, as we look back at the the ninety three ninety four Huskers for this Danny Nee afternoon at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That was a team that, that needed to make a run in the Big 8 tournament to go make the NCAA tournament. We all know how that ended up. Is they had to go play on a Thursday, didn't have their legs, you end up falling. With this team this year, do you feel like they are better prepared than, than past Hoiberg teams to potentially make a run at the Big 10 tournament, assuming they can continue to, to, to make it work at home, get some wins? You would hope that they would get then a, a first-round buy. Is this a team that it feels like to you with their three-point shooting could make a run at the Big Ten tournament, similar to that 93-94 team in order to solidify a spot in the tournament? I mean, they're definitely definitely better suited than than most teams of, of, of the Hoiberg era. Um, you got a player like, well, I think you, you hit on Elijah anytime you get into a tournament setting. Like, they, they've got a number of guys who can shoot it, and, and if they all kind of get hot at the same time, yeah, you can you can go there and win it. I mean, they've already, they've already beaten beaten Purdue, um, you know. So it kind of shows you, and they shot extremely well. We've talked we've talked about that enough, um, but it kind of shows you like the ceiling here is is pretty high. It's just a matter of how are you moving towards your ceiling at this exact juncture, or are you moving towards your floor? And, and we'll find out. I mean, if Nebraska, they've got what eleven games left. They win seven of those. Um, they're they're probably they're probably a pretty safe team going into the conference tournament for for an NCAA tournament bid. Um, but we'll see. I, you know, I think they've got six of those games left on the road, and they haven't won there yet. So they got to go. They got to go do it themselves. Bogues, I, I want to spend a second on this this makeup in the the Jekyll and Hyde. There's clear comfort and. The, the energy that PBA brings, the emotion this team has. And while you're at home celebrating, doing all sorts of third base signs after every three-point make, crowd loves it. But you're doing it on the road when you're down and you've kind of pissed away two 12-point leads. I worry about some of the key guys' maturity and how they roll with the punches. And uh, I worry about you know, the timetable of Gary, because he, he and Rink are your, your blue collar tough dudes down low. Uh, say, well, and, I, and, and I think Alec can, can provide some good tough, Rod, tough, Rodman. Tough guy, tough guy in Maryland though. I mean, come on now. Rink, Rink, tough guy down low at Maryland. Not so much. All right. Rutgers. Or Rutgers, sorry. Uh, yeah. no, I, okay, I don't sorry. think he had any help. He tried. No. He, was, no. he, he didn't get help guy. by the officials either. But No, I, I don't think still. he had any help. I mean, yeah, yeah. the guy looked like he got clawed by one of Siegfried and Roy's tigers, for God's sake. I read that this week. <laughs> so, I mean, he was trying to do everything he can, and it was one on five down low. And everyone else is just staring and blinking at poor Rank. <laughs> He's bleeding everywhere. I mean, so... <laughs> Yeah, you need Gary, uh, and you need your your guards to help rebound there. So, I I just hope that this team can can find a little junkyard dog and not be as finesse. They hit a bunch of tough shots, but great. Um, 
don't take some of those early in a possession and, you know, ignite the other team's comeback trip. So they they played smart basketball. They've taken good shots in some key moments at PBA. I just I need them to to grow up if I'm a Nebraska basketball fan on the road and, and realize, all right, there's some some moments. Every possession does matter to sound cliche, but uh, they they <clears throat> they had that and they they let it get away and then they're then the the roller coaster starts because they're the worst thing in America from being the best thing in America. So how do they handle this uh, the success and how do they respond to the failures? They've responded to the failures in the past and they did so by getting better at home. They need to finish the job. Wisconsin's kind of beat them up. Minnesota's beat them up. Rutgers clearly beat them up. So I just don't like uh, those matchups moving forward. They are what they are and they're not, they don't have enough tough guys right now. Yeah, I, I think I think that's an accurate kind of lay of the land. You know, at at home, uh, you can have those things, and you can be you've almost got to mature enough to to embrace being on the road and being up twelve. Like, yeah, you're doing you're celebrating the same way you do at PBA. It's just everybody hates it instead of everybody loves it. And and I think you got to come up with a way to appreciate that a little bit. Like enjoy enjoy the villain road uh villain role and i don't know i think you know one of the a month ago when nebraska was looking like all right this this is starting to feel like a tournament team i think my question was is when you get in those games when you get in an ncaa tournament game and you need a bucket to take a lead or just to stop a run something where are you going and, and I still don't know the answer to that question. I mean, Tom looks like Bryce Williams. At times yes, this year. He's he's the type of player I think that 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 can fill that role. But and I think a little bit of this is just today's college basketball is you get in those Big Ten road games um, and like things take a turn in terms of transfers. Like a guy's kind of gotta like. I guess look at the difference between a guy who's maybe been here for three years and says like, look guys, I'm tired of this. We've done this too much. Give me the ball. I'm going to score. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to end this run or we're going to turn things around. Sam Hoiberg in overtime would, would be kind of a good example. I mean, that guy hit two huge, huge shots to like even give him a shot over, over the final minute and a half of the game. It's not that transfers can't do that. I just they, they don't have that kind of accumulation of nice. I'm tired of this. You know, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think to, to Mark's point about Mast, um, I think I see what he was saying. Like his game is just different than some of the bigs we see in the Big Ten who look like linebackers, but they happen to be six <laughs> ten. And, and you know, and to, to Chris's point, like. How are you going to win those games where you can just get muscled a little bit? Because it's not the mask, you know, lacks the, the want to or any of that. He just plays. He just plays a different kind of game. And, and he's been very successful. So. Yeah, he's, he's a Euro player. He's skilled yeah. um, on the outside. And he's a great passer in the high post. Nebraska's been so lucky with guys on the high post that can dish with Walker followed up by, by mass. So, I mean, just total passing of the baton there. How about Boo Booey, though? I, I would say out of the Big Ten – that's probably my favorite player that's not at Nebraska. That dude is an absolute killer. First team All-Big Ten, 6'2". I don't know how he translates to the NBA or not. I just honestly don't know. Um, 
but he's going to be he's going to be tough to deal with for Nebraska. What do you do to defend him, if Brandon? Because I feel like you do have to think of doing some specials. Keep in him in the locker room, guy. Yeah, I mean seriously though, he's he's a he's a killer. He is, um, and he can he can hurt you in a variety of ways. I think you know Nebraska against Purdue did a really good job against Edley, um, and it was you know. Uh, it was basically you, you have to double them and, and you take your chances with with the rest of the team hurting you, hurting you from three. Um, and, and Purdue made some shots, like uh, just not not nearly at the clip that Nebraska did. So I would expect we'll see something pretty pretty similar there. Uh, you do have to defend Bowie. You, you throw some specials at him. Uh, you try to mix up where where the double teams are coming from. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of he's just a good player. He's going to he's going to figure out a way to 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 hurt you. Uh, it's just a matter of how badly. Where does Boo Booey rank on the college basketball all name list, in your opinion? Brady's oh, man, it's the best. Great name. It's, Fun it's, to pronounce. It, it is. It's it's got to be up there currently. Um, college basketball is so vast, though, that I think if we started ticking down the list, uh, Mark mentioned Nebraska will have two cookies um, in, yeah. the, in the house. Uh, you start going down the list and uh, you, <laughs> your all name team could end up being 300 names long. Yeah. Fats the, Russell. I mean, come on. Like, ninth, ninth team. God sham, God sham, God is the best <laughs> name ever from Providence. Wait, did you guys see? There's a guy in college basketball this year by the name of A Million Bugs. What? No, no it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, his first name or his, his full name? His, what? His first name is A Million. His last name is Bugs. A million. Two two words. One word. One word. A million. A million. <laughs> A million bucks. Wow. Bugs with two G's. It's sort of like a million bucks, I guess, is sort of what they're going for. A little pun. How about having a a name that's a pun? He he plays for the University of Central Missouri, a million bugs. Hometown transfers. Hometown Uh, Chicago, Illinois. Love it. Vogues, what's happening with you? What's coming up from Counter Read? And tell folks about counterread.com. Yeah, it's twice weekly Substack newsletter from for myself and Aaron Sorensen. Um, just been working through things in, in the off season. Uh, yesterday, kind of wrote a, wrote a week recap, touching on Thomas a little bit, uh, some final numbers from twenty twenty three football, and a brief discourse on on Nebraska basketball. Um, so I have plenty of that coming up to start the week next week. Uh, Aaron's got our, our first newsletter out of the gate. Talked a little bit about the Polynesian Bowl, which we we talked, and, and just a general week weekend uh, recap to kind of set the stage for, for what's ahead. So you can head over to counterread.com, uh, check out what we're doing there. It's free to free to subscribe to, to start and uh, check out what we're doing, and, and hopefully uh, you'll, you'll see enough to like to become a paid subscriber. Hey, a quick little thing before we get you out, Brandon. Uh, Layla Blackwell is a middle blocker transfer from San Diego, the Toreros. Um, graduate transfer. Thank you. Uh, and so she, she comes to Nebraska. Do you, do you know how she figures into the mix? Do you know much about her? Uh, not a ton off, off the top of my head other than that San Diego team. Um, kind of, I mean, they were, they were rated highly, but this – Put it this way, San Diego isn't one of the fixtures in, in the Final Four. Really accomplished program, though. So 
kind of another one where uh, Nebraska Nebraska recruits extraordinarily well, uh, and you do your best in terms of determining you know talent, uh, how it all fits together. But a player that kind of proved themselves elsewhere, and now they get to come to to Nebraska. And it's it's a little bit of the rich get get richer, but hey, if you're the rich, uh, you're perfectly fine with that. Bogues, love it. Appreciate you. We'll check in next week. Oh, Elijah. Yeah, one one last thought check? for you, Brandon. John Ryan, uh, he chimes in on Twitter and asked about Nebraska's lack of a, a true point guard. I want to get Brandon Vogel's advice to maybe Jamarcus Lawrence, Kise Tomanaga, running the point guard position for Nebraska out of necessity. Do you have any point guard advice? for those two with your your noted high school basketball experience well and, and we're talking we're talking a killer killer point guard at hastings college oh yeah yeah uh don't don't turn it over uh, <laughs> that's, pretty much, that's pretty much pretty much what it comes down to uh be willing to play some defense but uh, i mean honestly like a lot of this offense runs through runs through mass he doesn't bring the ball up but uh, he, he may may as well be Nebraska's point guard when they're on their half of the court a lot of the time. So it's not traditional. Uh, and speaking of the NCAA tournament, and if Nebraska gets there, that's usually a problem come come March. But let's let's make it to March first. The uh, the other just summing it up. Don't gamble. That's that's right. Take care take care of the basketball. Uh, find the open guy. It's not complicated. Yeah. Yeah. They, right. they make it look pretty complicated sometimes. <laughs> they really do. They made it don't, look very difficult. Don't gamble. All right. Vogues, be good. Take care, brother. Right. Thanks, Thanks again. guys. Have a good one. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.